Well, hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to our podcast. We've been away for a couple of weeks just due to some things going on with the virus. And I'm so thankful that you're here and that you're listening to the gospel according to Jesus. I think it's so important that we recognize that Jesus is moving today. As we open up God's word, we always want to understand that God is not hiding from us. So many people think that God is so far away and I just want to tell you, he's not hiding from us. God so loved us that he sent his son, Jesus. He made that promise, not just in the New Testament, but all the way back to Adam in Genesis. So that promise is true, and it's amen, and it's for us today. And God will meet us where we are. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I want you to think about that. He doesn't require us to get to a certain place of holiness, of righteousness, of doing things perfect. He said why we were yet sinners, why we were yet in the throes of sin, Christ went to the cross and he died for us. He's not waiting for us to achieve a certain amount of righteousness. He does the work of making us righteous, and that's his job. And he does that through the cross and through the blood that he shed for all of us. So all righteousness is, is that you're in right standing with God. So our theme scripture is Amos 8.11. And it says, Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread or a thirst for water, but rather for the hearing of the word of the Lord. And I know that is so true today. And so many people that I come in contact with, they're moving through life without any direction, and but they have a hunger for God, and they have a hunger for God's Word, and there's just a thirst. We're hoping that this podcast helps you understand that. So today, we're going to look at who and how Jesus proclaimed this gospel message to. So I just want to, since it's been a bit since we've talked, I, I want to review what we've discussed so far. And really, this is teaching on the authentic gospel, the gospel according to Jesus. First, it has to be authentic. It can't be by like the world or you're not different from the world. It has to be authentic. You have to understand that the gospel message is different. It does draw you out of the world. It does change your heart. It does make you a different person. You have to understand that God does the work inside of you by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says it's not by works. It's by faith. It's not the amount of things that we do to please God. It's God doing the work in us by faith. And it's not religion. And I hear so many people talk about so many things that they do just from a religious standpoint. And I understand that. And I understand that they don't believe God is there for them. They don't believe that God is right there. They do believe God is hiding from them. And so they, they lean towards religion because they have something tangible to hang on to. Just want you to understand that it's not about religion. It's not about how many times you go to church or it's just really a personal relationship with the creator. And we gave the story of Nicodemus. And that's such a powerful story that a religious person, a very person that's been in church or the, at the church at that time was so religious, but he knew he wasn't right with God and he knew that he had to have a change. And so he knew a religion wasn't going to do it. And he saw something different in Jesus. Then there must come a conviction of being sinners. We're, we're all sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's no exception to that. From the Pope in Rome to the lowliest person that 
that you've come in contact with. All are sinners. We have to understand that God's going to convict us of that sin. And so many times we try to push that down, but it's really a good thing to be convicted of sin and to recognize that you've made mistakes and to come to God with that and not to man, not not, not confessing those sins to a person, but going to God with them. As some preach, we do not need to be told that we're sinners. All of us need to understand that it's a sin nature. It's it's something that we were born with. And the only way that you're going to understand that is to hear the Word of God and to be convicted by the Word of God. My personal opinion that that is wrong, but that is prevalent in the in the church today, that you really don't need to teach that, preach that, or talk about that. But I think we do. When I hear a strong message from men and women of God, and I get convicted, that's what that's about. We show that by understanding that we have broken the law, and that law that we have broken, whatever it is, brings death and internal separation from God. We learned that if this message was truly being preached from the pulpits across America, we would have a different country right now. Now, we just came out of an election, and it was pretty rough. I think in my lifetime, it's it's, I would consider that probably the most roughest election as far as just, you know, people drawing up sides and pointing fingers and talking mean and nasty to people, to people around them. I mean, I think, I think it's the worst I've ever seen. But one of the things that, that I noticed, I know Jerry notice, notices this, is that if we really were a righteous nation, if we really were, if the church really did have influence, we wouldn't be seeing this. Because it's a heart transplant. That's what Christianity is and the gospel is. It's a heart transplant. It, it transplants your heart and makes it anew. It's really something that I think is a, is, should be a wake up call for an awakening within the body of Christ, not only in America, but all over the world. When we're seeing this, when you're seeing these riots and these are unregenerated people. And I know some of them are wearing crosses and they're wearing crosses on their shirts and, they have scriptures. Uh, you know, I've watched some of these footage, and I'm I'm just dumbfounded by it. But if you were truly a believer, I'm going to tell you right now, you wouldn't be out there breaking windows, starting fires, trying to hurt people. That isn't a true believer. A true believer is somebody that's had their heart changed and transformed, and they become Christ-like. We're going to move on, and today we're going to see how Jesus did it and how the outcome of his message was proclaimed. And it, it's amazing because you're, we're seeing this from the person that you know went to the cross and died for us and made a difference for us, but you're seeing him do what we've been talking about. And so our scripture today is John 4, 3. And it says, He left Judea and went away again to Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria called Shakar, near the parcel of land that Jacob gave to his son Joseph, and Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, tired from his journey, was just sitting by the well. It was about the sixth hour. And a woman of Samaria, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. So the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, though you are a Jew, are asking me for a drink? though I am a Samaritan woman. I'm just going to stop there. They were considered a lower class. They were considered somebody unclean that they didn't fellowship with. But here Jesus, God in the flesh, is trying to paint a clear picture that the gospel is for everybody. And it doesn't matter where you are, where you live, what your background is. It's for everybody. 
Jesus replied to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Wow, it's a powerful statement. She said to him, Sir, you have no bucket. This kind of reminds me of how Nicodemus answered Jesus and didn't understand the spiritual significance of what he was saying. And she says, You have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you? Who gave us this well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle. Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him or her shall never be thirsty. But the water that I give will become to him a fountain of water springing up to eternal life. So Jesus is speaking about himself. He's speaking about eternal life in heaven. This is what he's sharing with her. She's starting to get it. She's starting to understand. But he's not telling her what she's experiencing here on this earth is going to be her best life ever. He's talking about eternal life. He's talking about eternity in heaven. Also, Jesus is breaking down some barriers to the gospel. This is a Samaritan woman. Uh, there are unclean to the Jewish people. For Jesus to stop there and visit with her was against all social norms. And I'm sure his disciples were blown away by it. They didn't understand why he was doing it. Well, they should by now. I mean, they've seen supernatural event after supernatural event, but they're still not quite getting it. But look at her reaction. And this is so powerful. John four fifteen. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty. Wow. He presents the gospel. She's asking for it. Christ reaches out to her and she reaches back to him by faith. Sir, give me. Her heart is asking. And that's the gospel. It's not a certain amount of doctrine, understanding of the Bible, a head knowledge. It's your heart. Jesus seals the deal by showing her her sin. Listen to this. He said to her, go call your husband to come here. And the woman answered and said to him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have correctly said, I have no husband. This is powerful. This is Jesus looking into her life, reading her mail, as we call it sometimes in, in prophetic circles. For you have had five husbands. Well, how is he going to know that? I mean, there's no telephones. There's no TV. There's the, the communication style of that day was word of mouth. There's no way he would know that, except that he's seen into her life. You've had five husbands, and the one whom you are now have is not your husband. That which you've said is true. Bam. Wham. He hits her right in the heart. Thou shalt not commit adultery. I mean, there it is. He's using the law to present her with her sin, to get her to understand. And she's convicted. That's what Jesus brings. He brings a powerful message of hope, but it's also conviction. So then Jesus declares he is the Messiah. He's telling her who he is. What does she do? Does she mock him? Does she say, what are you talking about? I mean, this is, there's no way. No, she runs into the city and proclaims Jesus as Messiah. So the woman left her water pot and went into the city and said to the people, come see a man who told me all the things that I have done. Is this not the Christ? It's just powerful. I mean, this, this encounter with her is a true clinic of how the gospel should be preached. They left the city. 
and were coming to him. Wow. All the people that she went and told, they came back. They wanted to see who this person was. When God has truly touched your heart, you do two things, just like she did. You proclaim he is God. You want to witness to others. Amen. I mean, that's that's really what it's about. I mean, you when God touches your heart to this magnitude, to, to what he did to this woman, then you want to proclaim him what she did. And then she goes and witnesses to her family. If you want to see a change in our country, our world, we need to proclaim the message that will change a single life. Think about that. If we truly want to see a change in this world, if we, if we truly want to see a change in the United States of America, we have to proclaim this message. And we're not doing it. it I mean, we'll, we'll do everything else, but we won't proclaim this message. So I remember when I first got saved, I wanted to go and proclaim the message. I went with a missionary friend to the Fifth Street in Olympia, Washington, where I was living at the time, and to proclaim the gospel. I remember leading this man to Christ right there in the middle of the sidewalk on Fifth Street in Olympia. We were sharing the gospel. This person heard the gospel, received the gospel, and then we prayed for them to be saved. So it was powerful. So as a believer, are you doing that? Are you sharing your faith? And I'm not talking about inviting people to church. Well, that's great. I'm not talking about inviting people to Bible study. That's wonderful. I'm talking about face-to-face talking to people about the gospel, not about the weather or about any other thing, but about the gospel, true evangelism, true witnessing of your faith. Or have you bought into the notion that you're not called to do that? There's a minister that passed away before I even became a believer, but I became a follower of him. His name is Keith Green. And he was at a concert, and he there's probably 20,000-plus people there at this concert, and he said, not all of you are called to be missionaries to preach the gospel. And he said it again, not every one of you are called to preach the gospel, to be witnesses. But then he said, but 99.9% of you are, and you need to go out and do it. I just want to encourage you. You've been listening to this teaching. You've been hearing the word of God. It's touched your heart. Now it's time to go out and share your faith with people. One-on-one, face-to-face, just like I did with my friend, my missionary friend in Olympia, Washington. Just like Jerry and Nancy. They're, they're probably the, the greatest example that I've had in my life. And I consider them mentors in this, in this part of ministry. They will share their faith with anybody. I mean, they are so bold and they are so courageous about it doesn't matter what the setting is and it doesn't matter what the crowd is. They will share their faith. And all of us need to be that way. If we want to see a change, if we want to see a change in not having riots and just this chaos that's, that runs amok in our country and around the world right now, there's a heart change that has to happen. If you have done this and you want to share what God has done in your life, Reach out to Jerry and myself via email, and we would like to hear from you. We're both giving you the encouragement to go out there, and whether it's in a restaurant or you're walking down the street or whatever it is, take the time to stop and share this message that we've been sharing with you, the gospel according to Jesus. And you'll be so blown away and so encouraged when you walk away from that encounter. It'll totally change your mind about how you should be witnessing and sharing your faith.
wanted to, to share about the lady I'd been ministering to for over a year. I'd explained Jesus Christ to her over and over and over, and she would mock it. She would make fun of it. She would denigrate God's place in her life. And it was amazing one day, and Nancy was with me, I began to preach the same message that I'd preached probably a dozen times to her. And all of a sudden, when I got through with my words, she said, how do I do this? And I said, pray with me. Amen. And she began to pray, and she cried. And she got to points where she couldn't even speak. The repentance that was going on in her heart and the transformation was so powerful. And the tears were real, and they flowed. And when the lady was finished, there was a change, a visible and spiritual change in her life. And even weeks later, a relative of her said, she's a changed woman. And they couldn't believe the transformation that took place in her heart. So this is an encouragement for all those who have preached and preached and preached and fallen on the deaf ears of people. Don't stop. The Holy Spirit touched her that day. And I honestly believe it's the fact that my wife and I are together <clears throat> in the same place that the Holy Spirit moved on this lady in a powerful way. And that's a life change for Christ. And she's an elderly lady as well. Usually it's the young who understand the message a little better than someone who's been broken and hurt and beaten up in a lifetime. She became a child of God that day. What a powerful testimony it was! I, I just it just wells up in my heart every time I think about it. And I and I would I want to share very quickly about Jim Hughes as well. He uh, honored me as being a mentor in the missions field. But Jim Hughes, as a youth pastor, was always planning missions trips to Mexico or wherever he could go. And, and I just uh, honor him for the love I have for my brother. We both have kindred spirits that are going forward to make a change in our world for Jesus Christ. So I love you, brother. Amen. Thanks, Jerry. That's awesome. That's an awesome testimony about the woman at the well that Jerry dealt with. I mean, it's the same situation. Shares the gospel. and She sees a need to be saved. Let me ask you, as a believer, are you doing that? Are you sharing your faith? You should be having the courage to go up to somebody face-to-face and witness to them. It is a little bit scary. It was for me probably was for Jerry and Nancy when they first started doing it. But there's such a tremendous blessing that comes out of it, that you're doing the Great Commission, that you're sharing this. Are you sharing your faith? I want to encourage you. Jerry wants to encourage you to go out today. When you hear this and you complete listening to what we have to say about this, I would get up, go out for a walk, and the first person that you walk and make contact with, Share your faith with them. Share the gospel message, the gospel according to Jesus. We're so glad that you listened to us today, and we just want to share with you that we want to hear from you, and we want to hear from you via email. My email is jimhughes71 at hotmail.com, and Jerry's? P-T-L, praise the Lord, P-T-L-Y-N-W-Y-A-N-T at AOL.com. Amen. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear the testimony about you sharing your faith with people. Until next time, God bless you.